Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Friends, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm so happy to be here with you today. And before we dive in, y'all, I have to tell you about another incredible podcast called Just Different. Just Different is the newest show to join the That Sounds Fun Network, and you are going to love these guys. Darren and Jordan are two brothers that are passionate about helping their generation get closer to God and assisting them in their journey of faith. They talk everything faith, life, and culture, have the perfect combination of personal experience and real-life issues, truth, and comedy. Just Different's mission is to equip and empower individuals to walk out their relationship with God by helping people understand how to make God an integral part of their everyday lives. Y'all, I love these dudes. I think y'all are going to as well. New episodes release every Wednesday and Friday, and all of their episodes are also on YouTube. If you want some favorite episodes to start with, try episode two called You Cute But Can You Pray? LOL. Or episode 53 called Stay True. Y'all, I cannot wait to hear your thoughts after you start listening to Just Different. So wherever you're listening to this show, go look up Just Different and subscribe. I think y'all are going to love this new podcast. Today on the show, I get to talk with my friend Riley Clemens. We are in a next-gen era here on the pod, y'all. I'm loving it. Between Just Different, Riley, some of the pastors and leaders and authors we've had lately, I'm loving it. And Riley is incredible, y'all. We've been friends for a long time. I think you are going to love her. My guess is you already know her music. She's an accomplished composer, performer, producer, and recording artist from here in Nashville, who Billboard named one of the top Christian artists in 2022. Her super popular single, For the Good, is so good. And today we're talking about her brand new album, Church Pew. It comes out tomorrow. This is another one you guys are going to love. We have got music and books. Listen, we got the resources. And Riley Clemens is the kind of friend we all want to have. She is just the best. So here is my conversation with my friend, Riley Clemens. Riley Clemens, welcome finally to That I Sounds know. Fun. Um, do you need your water? I'm getting my water. I, You know what? I'm going to get my water. Yeah, get your water. I'm going to do the right thing. We got to talk about stuff, so yeah, we need to be hydrated. I'm excited. Okay, we're doing this. I'm so sorry. Public apology, number one, that you're just getting here. It's okay, because it feels even more special. It's- <laughs> 
I'm a longtime fan. Yeah. Oh my gosh, me too. I admire. Oh, you're very kind. Okay, back me up. I remember knowing about you. How long have you been in Nashville? Uh, I'm born and raised Nashvillian. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were yeah. just talking about that. You and GC went to the same high school. Yep, hometown gal. Okay, have you been doing music full-time how long? It's kind of a crazy story. So, I, born and raised Nashville kid. Yeah. I think one of the interesting parts about growing up in such a big music city is that the idea of doing music as a career as a living never felt far-fetched. Yeah. It was it like an option, like doctor, nurse, famous musician. Yeah. 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 If that, if you will. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things that felt pretty natural. It happened a lot sooner than I thought it would. Oh, I was, really? I was 12 years old. I was singing at a choir concert yeah. in middle school. Yeah. At school. And I met my manager of 10 years at this point. Still Wait, my Mitchell was there? Was he, like one of his kids? Yeah. In the, he was You his are daughter. lying. True story. So True he's story. like, I want to sign you at 12. Yeah, I, I remember Riley. vividly walking <laughs> into the lobby to go see my friends. I mean, I was 12. Yeah. I was about to be 13. And, you know, when a grown man comes up to you and asks where your parents are, I'm like, oh, no. Right, right. What did oh, I do? no. Right. But, yeah, that happened. What uh, did you sing? What was your solo that day? Do you remember? I can't even remember. Yeah. It was like two seconds of a gospel song. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But, you know, it was my two seconds. And I took the two That's seconds. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from there, I signed my first publishing deal at 15. Oh signed with my record label at 17. And now I'm 23. And wow. Who, what record label are you with? Capital. Capital oh, CMG. I like them. They're great people. They're really great people. Yeah. Every well, time I interact with someone from Capital, from Capital CMG, I feel this like, man, they love, they like don't put out music because they're trying to get their numbers up or, be, you know, they're, they put out music of artists they really believe in. I, I You know what? I believe that too. Yeah. I've had a long history with my incredible team at Capital CMG and they have just been so quick to... I mean, they've been a huge part of my journey as yeah. not only an artist and a musician, but as a human. And I, I've really gotten to see them support me and love me in new ways throughout this album cycle through a do vulnerable you, time. Yeah. Do you feel like you missed out on college? Do you ever regret not going to college? <laughs> it's been such a wild journey. Okay, so I technically didn't even graduate high school from the high school I went to. Uh. I was there throughout my junior year. And my junior year, I started getting busier and started touring. So I remember getting a special permission from yeah. our headmaster to do a work study. And I would go to the studio during study hall and oh, I would write every day. Oh my gosh. Um, but by senior year, it was too busy and I was on the road too much. And so I finished high school on the back of a tour bus. Oh my gosh. I would gosh. do a set and come off and write a psychology paper. Oh my gosh. Yeah, really? it, was, it was a crazy time. Who were you touring with at the time? Uh, my very first tour was with Social Club Misfits. Oh, I love those guys. Great guys. I love Marty and Fern. And then wow. uh, later that year, it was Danny Gokey and Torin Wells. Oh my gosh. So you're 17. Yeah, I just turned 18 at the time. And you are on the road mm -hmm. trying to finish high school on a tour bus yep. with a bunch of dudes. Uh, uh, only dudes. Only dudes. Only yes. dudes. So many yeah. dudes. Wow. It's so crazy. That is crazy. How many tours have you been on now, do you think? Oh. I just, uh, can Ooh, you even count? You've I been out with touring a lot. 
Yes. So I did that tour with him and then he brought me out on the road when he did his headlining tour, yeah. which was so much fun. Yeah. I mean, it's I've I've gotten the opportunity to tour with some incredible artists. I'm so grateful for that. I have learned so much. Yeah. Um, but this fall, I'll be out with one of my favorites, Zach Williams. Oh, I love Zach. I know. Me too. He is so great. Yes. What a great tour to I'm be on. I'm so excited. Uh, tell me when you, so going out with Torin and going out with Dan, I mean, all these guys mm-hmm. and uh, leaders that Social Club Misfits is another great example. What are things you're learning about how to be a good leader? Like, what are some things you've learned about being a good leader from watching them? It's a great question. I think, you know, the time when I have really soaked in the most wisdom would be in the Q&As that we do, the VIP oh, Q&As. Oh, yeah, when you listen to them answer. Yeah, so we'll be, I'll be sitting there, and anytime Torin would speak, I'd be like, I got to get out a notebook <laughs> and write this down, <laughs> Pastor Torin. Yes, yes, um, he is. Yeah, I mean, just so much wisdom. I think from every artist, I was able to learn a lot. You know, spending my late teenage years side stage, watching artists do shows, watching them communicate with an audience, watching them communicate songs that they'd written. That was a really special part of the journey. I I was a little sponge, especially, you know, back in those years. I say that I feel like I'm 100 years old. I I mean, touring will make you 100 years old. So you're not all the way wrong. I'm like, girl, the gray hairs are coming any second now. Yeah, so I just... You know, I learned so much about leadership through that, but different styles of leadership, too. I think that's the craziest part about touring and being around different personalities and artists is everybody has their own leadership style. And it's been the journey of a lifetime to watch and learn and meet the incredibly strong women behind the behind the men. Yes. Yeah. So it's you and Zach. Is there anybody else? It's just the two of you. It's just the two of us. For the whole fall. Fall and Christmas. You're lying. Oh, I'm yeah, totally girl. coming to a Christmas show. Yeah, we're playing uh, a Fisher Center. Okay, duh. I yeah, mean, I got you. I would love to come. I mean, I I would love to hear y'all sing Christmas songs. I can't. I it. <laughs> I'm so excited. So do you have, who's on your bus? Do you know? I have no idea. Because okay. I, one of the things when we tour, I'm always like, okay, here's what I'm going to bring on the bus. Here's the vibe. I'm planning the vibe you of the bus. You have to. Yes, because you, ha- you live there. You have to. My, yeah. You might be this. I sense that you're this way because you're, I mean, you're an extrovert. Yeah, girl. You're an, right? Yes, Big yes, extrovert. Yes, yes, yes. I, my problem is when I am on the road, I can't help myself. I'm not, I'm never going to be the first one to leave the hangout that's yes. happening in the front lounge. Yes. If people are still there, I'm like, okay, what movie yes. are we watching? You guys want to play Mario Kart? What are we doing? Yes. And I won't leave. And then I end up sleeping till noon the next day. It's I, a, you know. Dude, I'm telling you, my first headlining, our tour manager, you and I have had the same tour manager. He said, well, he was um, the promoter rep at the time. We're all on the, and I mean, they, he and the tour manager are like, you cannot keep talking. You talk, you have to be able to talk on stage. Everyone in the lounge stopped talking till I went to bed. So they used to be, they would just sit there and not talk. And they'd be like, we will have fun when you leave. But as long as you're here, we're not going to talk. Annie, that's terrible. It was awful. That's torture for you. I had to because I had to conserve my voice for the show. And my voice was not doing well summer of 21. And so, but yes, they would make me go to bed. That is a terrible I know because it's like, let's party. And they're like, you have to work again for the next Four days. Yeah, you got to go to sleep. And so you mm. have to go to sleep. And I did not want to go to sleep. I wanted to stay up. That's a terrible feeling. So, the yeah. FOMO. Oh, what do you bring? What's in your bunk? Like, what, what do you have to have? I am... I'm the bag lady. I have 872 <laughs> Riley, bags. I have so many bags. I 
have so many bags. I'm like, this is on the bus with me. This is in my bunk. This is in the bay. This is, yeah, yes. Everywhere. I'm like, this one's in between. Yes. This has all of my toiletries. This has my travel toothbrush. And yes. my fanny pack goes to my bunk with me. <laughs> yes, dude. And that's where we my retainers are. Yeah. And oh, me too. Me I, too. Yeah. Nighttime for a lifetime. You, whether you're on a bus or not. And that's right. <laughs> I listen to my orthodontist. My parents spent too much money Girl, on my braces. In Q&As when people say, what's the number one piece of advice you give someone in their 20s? I'm like, wear your retainers. Just do it. <laughs> because I repaid for my teeth to get straightened as a grown-up because I didn't wear my retainers when Girl, my parents paid. So you're doing it right. I'm trying. You're doing I mean, it right. wearing them on a tour bus. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's it. And noise-canceling headphones. Oh, really? Do you I'm, sleep with them on? Yeah, I'm so sound sensitive. Oh, wow. Do you do the ones that are over your ears like I the ones do. we're wearing? So you have mm-hmm. to sleep with these on? Um, Yes. Worth it, I guess. I guess because I've always heard too. I mean, blah blah blah, whatever. But that you know, sleeping on your back is supposed to be better for your skin. And yeah. I've always been acne prone, so you uh-huh. know all this stuff. So it helps. But yeah, I'm so I've always been incredibly sound sensitive. Oh my gosh. Okay, can we pivot to the acne for just a second? Yes. Only because you're so honest about that yeah. online and stuff. You like. I remember, am I remembering this correctly? You mm-hmm. did a post where you like really talked about it. You and Franny talks about it. Like, yeah. y'all are doing this thing of leadership to other women of like, hey, look, this is what I look like on stage. I'm going to wear makeup. I'm mm-hmm. going to do my hair. But like, also, I am working through my skin stuff. Yeah. Why did that become a yes for you instead of just like letting people think about it and you not actually addressing it? Because I wish more people would have done that when I mm. was... 12, 13, 14, 15, yeah. so on. Yeah. I think that the way that media is right now, and I think th- this, this time in culture, we have such access t- to so much content, to so many images, to videos, and all of it is so hyper curated. And I think that just the reality of that is it's so easy to lose perspective. Yeah. I've struggled with acne my whole life. I have struggled with body image my whole life and have walked through eating disorders and have walked through skin issues that have been debilitating. Wow. I I can't tell you, I mean, the first time that I ever sat in a makeup chair to, you know, get glammed for a music video, I think it was, I remember holding my mom's hand before we started glamming, being like, I don't want to walk in there without makeup on. I'm supposed to be beautiful. You know, I'm supposed to be a pretty artist. And I just remember feeling so debilitated by having acne on my face or not looking like what I expected a perfect woman to look like. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been a lifelong struggle honestly but it was probably maybe five years ago that when I was deciding what to give up for Lent Mm -hmm. the thing I really sensed the Holy Spirit invited me to is to give up makeup and I was like are you are you must be talking to somebody else Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you think I'm just gonna go places without making people know and it was I am telling you it was the biggest challenge of my life i wore makeup if i was on stage i was kind of like listen i'll meet you in the middle yeah i'll like yeah. do my days yep. but i'm if i'm speaking at events or conferences i gotta be a stage person but other than that i didn't for those 40 days and it was brutal it was never easy it wasn't like after two weeks i loved it, it my was like, skin's glowing yeah i was like is no. it easter yet is it Ooh. easter yet it was so hard That's because there's this one. expectation yeah you and i both live here have mm-hmm. public lives, and we serve at our church yeah. here. Mm-hmm. So people recognize us everywhere. Yeah. 
And so going to the grocery store, I mean, do you still feel that? I still feel that. I don't totally want to like go to the grocery store in my pajamas and look like a ragamuffin because Katie may be there. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I've started leaning into it, which really? has been a huge challenge. I guess cause it's been, I, I don't, I, just being in the public eye and looking back on life, I've had skin stuff. I've had times where I feel prettier. I've yeah. lost weight. I've gained weight. I have changed and grown into adulthood. Yeah. And I, I think that I, really the biggest inspiration for me was watching my little sister walk through body image issues, uh, self-image issues. Mm. And that was what propelled me to really start having the internal conversations of what does it look like to make somebody like my sister at this point in her life feel more comfortable? Wow. And so walking into the juice bar and, you know, having my pimples out and wearing sweaty workout clothes and... Uh, I remember there was one time, I, I mean, I, I, was, I was in raw form, Annie. Yeah. I was in raw form. And somebody happened to say, oh, I love your music. Yeah. And I was like, I can't believe they recognized me, one. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I hope I wasn't picking my nose. Right. And also, cool. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I've grown. Did they ask you to take a picture? No. But I have, woo! I know, I have really thought about it. Mm-hmm. What would I do? I mean, I, I I would have to say yes. Yeah. Like when people see me at Radnor and I look, I mean, I'm at Radnor, so I'm hiking and I feel, I'm sweating right. like crazy and I don't have makeup on. I always wonder, what would it feel like if they posted this picture? Would you be okay? I've tried to practice it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm coming across like, I don't leave my house without a full face, but I, I mean, it just is hard. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's ex- and it's not worth it. I really don't right. believe it's worth right. it. Right. Because we're humans. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I follow this YouTuber and basically what she does, and it's I, I, it's done with love. It's not a vindictive thing, but she takes pictures from the internet of popular celebrities, people in pop culture, and basically debunks the way that it's like this is a filter and I can prove she to you the why filter and then oh and like gosh. showing pictures of what they actually look like in a way that go, we as a culture have to retrain our brains into honestly allowing ourselves to understand this is normal this is beautiful not this faux standard of beauty that has been created and curated over time because yeah, yeah. that's unattainable and that's damaging and so yeah it's it's definitely helped to retrain my brain to look through a healthier perspective of perceived beauty versus yeah, actual beauty. I would never look at anyone else and be like, she should have makeup on. I know. It's just me. If I see you or any of if coworkers come with them, I'm like, she's so pretty. I mean, I, it never crosses my mind. Mm-hmm. But when I look at myself, I go, just put a little something under your eyes before you go. Yeah, out. let's just, I get it. I know. I get it. And I bet <laughs> any woman listening to this can probably I find that day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation to share about one of our amazing partners, Hatch. Listen, I know we talk a lot about resting and Sabbath, but getting good rest isn't just about carving out one day a week. It's also about putting some nightly habits in place to help you truly rest well at night. It's also one of the reasons I got a Hatch alarm clock. I can put my phone in a different area of my bedroom so I don't scroll right before going to sleep or right when I wake up. And I use the Hatch Restore 2 for a more peaceful bedtime routine. 
Well, y'all know if you're Annie and Eddie listeners, y'all know how much we love that hatch at our home. So think of the Hatch Restore 2 as your bedside sleep guide, your ally in rest. It's a sophisticated sound machine, light and alarm clock, beautifully designed for your bedside table. Good rest allows you to be the best version of yourself, which is why the Hatch Restore 2 was engineered to help you form healthy sleeping habits for life. Your hatch teaches your body when it's time to sleep and when it's time to rise with light and sound cues. It can coach you through meditation meditations and mindfulness exercises that transform the time before and after sleep into restful rituals. I'll tell you personally, mine, I hit it to start. It gives me 20 minutes to read and then it dims out. And then we do a little mindfulness exercise. And then it is 20 minutes of white noise and then it's gone but I'm usually asleep before that. It's always either my Hatch Restore 2 or like the O365 that send me off to sleep. And then when I wake up in the morning, it lights my room like a sunrise. I love it. I love it. Y'all, you know that great sleep can't be forced, but it can be learned. And the Hatch Restore 2 is here to help. Right now, Hatch is offering our friends $20 off your purchase of a Hatch Restore 2 and free shipping at hatch.co slash that sounds fun. Sleep deeply and wake gently with the Restore 2. Go to Hatch.co slash that sounds fun to get $20 off and free shipping. That's hatch.co slash that sounds fun. And I have one more amazing partner to tell you about ritual. Do you know? Get ready. Do you know you can swallow skincare? I know. It sounds weird. It's actually super fascinating. But if your countertop looks anything like mine and it is covered with skincare options and solutions, we put a lot of stuff on our skin. But now there's something new to just pop into your mouth and enhance your skincare routine from the inside out. It's Ritual's Hyacera, which combines hyaluronic acid and ceramides in a capsule you take daily. Ritual has been my go-to multivitamin for a long time. You know this, the minty tab. You know how I feel. And it's because of their traceable ingredients. So when they say, we've also got something that will support your skin health, I was like, let's go. Hyacera contains two of the best clinically studied ingredients that have been shown to help hydrate skin all in one daily vanilla scented capsule. Ceratique plant oil extract from France can help reduce fine lines. And Hyabest, a lower molecular weight hyaluronic acid from Japan that helps promote hydrated skin. Okay, France and Japan, come on and make my skin healthy. Aging like a fine wine, addressing some lines and making your skincare a little simpler every day. Hyacera from Ritual is a skin supplement you can actually trust. Ritual is offering my friends 20% off during your first month. So visit ritual.com slash that sounds fun to start Ritual or add Hyacera to your lineup today. Okay, now back to our conversation with Riley. Okay, so that's your road life. I'm so glad you're going on tour this fall. We can all find you and a new album out. Girl, listen. I'm excited. Okay, you said this has been a vulnerable season. Is that around Church Pew? Yeah. I mean, I will, I'll start at the beginning. It was the beginning of 2022. I was in the lowest place I've ever been at in my life. Really? I don't, I wasn't brave enough at the time to call it what it was, but it was a dark season of depression. And um, meanwhile, people are seeing you out on the road. You're on the tour with Torin. You got music on the radio. Mm -hmm. You're at award shows. Mm -hmm. And it's the darkest season of your life. Yeah, I was miserable. Riley. It was, uh, I started experiencing panic attacks and anxiety like I've never experienced before. And um, it was the hardest season I've ever walked through. And it was lonely and isolating. And 
I felt very vulnerable. It was just this intense wow. feeling of burnout, of being What was in- the day that you knew you were like, okay, this isn't just like I'm having a bad week. This is something that isn't going away. Yeah, I remember exactly one of those moments where that hit. I was sitting with my mom. She and I are very close. And I just remember being curled up on her couch mm-hmm. and weeping wow. for what felt like, you know, the third time that week. Wow. And I just had this overwhelming feeling of I can't keep doing this. Wow. Something has to change because I'm not in a good place. And so. And what was this? Music, touring, life? It was this intense feeling of burnout. I'm a very ambitious and competitive person. That's just my nature. I've always been that way. And I realized that I was making myself miserable anytime that I start thinking, Oh, it's not enough. Where is your song sitting on the charts right now? Wow. Are you booking the biggest? Are you winning the awards? Yeah. Are you doing it? Are people clapping for you? Are you the top of your game right now? Is the music Jeez. better than every? And it became this whole cycle of, wait, how did I get here? This is not what it's about. Yeah. And when your song is at the top of the charts for two weeks or three weeks or whatever, and then it isn't. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's a game we can never win. No. Dude. It, it just got to me to the point where my ambition and my drive turned on me. And I was constantly triggered by things I'd never been triggered by before. Social wow. media was – it was a dangerous place to be for me. I would get so triggered and it would ruin my day. Watching other people succeed? Watching yes. Watching people be unkind to you in comments? What? Yes. Oh, all of it. All of it. I mean – watching people be unkind in the comments. The main thing was just watching people's lives on social media and feeling like mine was completely inadequate and feeling like I, you know, had failed by the age of 22 and my career hadn't exploded enough and I wasn't doing it enough. And it, I, I went to a really dark place. Wow. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. in that, you're saying that to your mom and your mom is saying, hey, this is different, or? Uh, I remember her holding my hand, and she met me with a lot of compassion in that moment. I've watched her go through tough seasons. She's watched me go through tough seasons at this point. And um, as we're sitting there, she held my hand, and I. this is the thing that, I guess, hit me the hardest. And she looked at me in the eyes, and she said, do you know that we would all still love you if you didn't do this? Wow. And I just remember sobbing because I I think I'd forgotten that. Yeah. Even scarier, I don't think I knew how to love myself if I stopped doing that. Well, certainly. I mean, 12 years old. Yeah. Yeah. That had been my whole identity for so long. And so in that moment, are you thinking I should walk away from this whole thing? Yeah. I mean, there was part of me that definitely thought, you've done this for your whole adult life and prior and you're miserable the me i wasn't enjoying writing music i at that moment i was like i'm good to never i if i i don't think i'll ever write a song again oh my gosh i don't enjoy it i don't love it i'm not inspired and i didn't know it then but it was burnout i was feeling a lot of burnout and i (laughs) it was one of the hardest things i've ever had to do but i picked up the phone and i remember feeling this overwhelming nudge from god that Riley, you gotta pump the brakes for a second. Wow. You gotta stop. I called my team one at a time and basically said, I, I gotta disappear for a minute. Wow. I just gotta, you know, we'll do the shows we've committed to, but 
I don't, I'm not booking any sessions for the rest of the year. And at that point, there were, I mean, it was like eight months left in the year. Oh my God. So I was like, I'm done for the year. I don't want to do any meetings or anything. I, I, I got to go get healthy. I have to get help. I have to figure out how to get my brain in a better spot and figure out if, if I can get re-inspired. And um, I took that time away. It was the best decision I've ever made. What did you do? I got quiet with the Lord. It's like, yeah. you know, Abraham going up the mountain. You yeah. got to go get quiet with God sometimes and and rediscover. And I, it became the story of identity. Did you keep looking online? Did you keep – I mean, that has to be harder watching mm-hmm. you stop and everyone else keep going. I turned my phone off. I wasn't on social media oh much gosh. at all. Yeah. Again, just posting what I absolutely had to post. Yeah. But for the, I was off my phone entirely. Wow. And I really took that time to pray and journal and reassemble and re-identify identity. What that means to me, what that looks like, how to be okay with who I am without the sound of applause, without the right. number on a chart, without all of these things that I've associated as good, as success, as you've made it, as this is who you are. And during that time, I allowed myself the space to discover who I am without all the extra stuff. And Did you think you were coming back to music or did you think, hey, I'm walking from this? I will say... A good three months into my time off, I had this overwhelming sense of, no, you have you you've got something to say now. Wow! And but three months is a freaking long time. Yeah, girl. I mean, that's like, a not long knowing. time to not do some for people like you and I who are so driven. Yeah, I just did a month in July, and the last Friday, I sat up at the pool and I was like, at one thirty, I remember I sat at the pool, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I have to go back to work. I've done everything. I've read everything. I've watched everything. I've laid everywhere. I have to go. Mm -hmm. I I can't imagine it three months being the first time you have this. Yeah. It was this this overwhelming feeling of, I know what I'm going to say. I know what this album sounds like. I know who I want to write it with. I know who I want to produce it. I know that I want to be an executive producer on it. Wow. I have the titles I want to write. <gasps> oh, my gosh. The, did the Lord just download the it whole was, thing? It was a very – I've never experienced anything like that in my life. Again, yeah. starting so young, I took time to figure out at 23 years old what inspires me, what sounds inspire me, lyrically what inspires me, thematically what feels true and authentic to say – and uh, sometimes it just takes space to refine that. And I, again, it all stems from reaffirming myself that identity comes from being loved by God. Mm. And that's why Loved By You on the new album was the first song oh. out because it it's wraps so that up. <laughs> it's this whole idea of when the world screams at yeah, you, yeah. you know, who you should be, what you should be more of, what you should be less of, yes. how to be enough, how not to be in all of these things. Yes. Throw all that out. Yes. Identity comes from being loved by the creator of the universe. Mm-hmm. And that simplified everything for me. And then you start writing. I called Jeff Pardo. Who, Which, you know, we love him here. I love Jeff, too. The Dove Award winning producer of the year. I know. he. I loved 
the episodes that you oh, did with that's him. Sweet with the before and after. So he is our um, producer of choice around that sounds fun as well. <laughs> I love him so much. So was he like the right answer for you? You're like the one who will get this album idea with me. I just knew it yeah. wasn't even something I had to think about. Yeah. In that time off, it was immediately like, you need to write this album. You need to have Jeff as a part of it. You need to have him as a co-creator throughout it. Yeah. And so I remember calling him and being like, hey, this is crazy. I, I've been I've disappeared for a while. But when I come out of this time off, I want to make a record and I want you to help me assemble my team. Wow. And we quickly did that. Writing this album was a whirlwind. It was a tiny crew of people. It was maybe f- five, six writers total. Oh my gosh. Which I've never done before. Right. Did and you write on every song? I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, Riley. So none of these are even, like, picked out of someone's... Mm-hmm. No, you wrote it all was, of these. There was a lot of intention Good behind gravy. every track on the album, and I knew I wanted X amount of live moments and this amount of Writer's Round-esque moments that really reflected songwriting culture of Nashville and, and moments that would serve radio really well. All of those things became important. And as we started developing the album, we started figuring out, okay, this song, this idea, I want to take to Ellie Holcomb and I want to yeah, craft it with her. Yeah. Or this song is for my friend Paul Duncan and yeah. he'll serve this really well and all sorts of those things. And we wrote this whole album in six weeks. Dude, okay, just for everybody listening, what's a normal album length? Of oh, writing? my past albums have taken two years. Yeah, I was about to say it's usually years from yeah. start to finish an album, and y'all yeah. wrote the whole album in six weeks. Yeah, there was such vision. You just knew. Did you wake up one day after three months and have the whole thing, or did it? Was it like a faucet and it, just it trickled? It okay. trickled. I think there was wow. this uh, renewed sense of inspiration of yeah. things that matter. There was this renewed sense of hey. You don't have to be the same artist that you were when you were 17 years old. Mm. You've done a lot of living and changing. And I think I gave myself space to create music that mattered to me. And I was able to get to a point where I knew that I wanted to create an album that I loved so much that I did not care if nobody else loved it. Wow. And so um, I remember. But Church Pew is amazing. I mean, everyone's going to love it. Thank you. That's the crazy part is you let go of... I don't care if everybody else loves this. Mm-hmm. And you made one that everyone is going to love. Thanks, Annie. It is so... Thank you. I love hearing that this is what's behind those songs I've been listening to. Because you're like, oh, yeah, I feel that piece mm-hmm. that you're in your body in yes. this, so- in this yes. album. Yes. And it's just, it was this beautiful experience of, I would... And the, this is the other thing. I didn't play... Normally, it's pretty standard in the industry you write songs, you're getting demos back and yeah. you distribute them to the team and play them for the team yep. and label management. Yep. Everybody's hearing things. But for this record, I didn't send anything until I thought I had the record. Oh my gosh. I, and you said, here's the record. I had, we didn't finish it. We just had demos. <laughs> but I basically, how we did this album is I called my team into the studio and I was like, I want to play 11 songs for you and I want to play them in order. And I just, I just want you to listen. And because it was important to me that people saw the full vision. Yeah. Not just songs that, you know, because. It's why I don't send chapters of books. Right. Yeah. Because it's the exact same reason. It is the yeah. exact same reason because, you know, if somebody's listening for a song that'll be great at radio, but you write a great song for a live show, it's two very different perspectives. Yeah. So I was able to, 
write this full album. I, the only people who heard anything throughout the process, it was family and friends. Yeah. And so I would scoop everybody up in the car and be like, okay, this is the first demo for this album. Yes. I want you to hear it. What do you think? Yeah. And my family and I, we had this like sacred bond of just listening yeah. to this music together. And and would you be like, this is a song live. So picture me on stage. Yes. Picture, and then like, this is radio. Picture hearing this on the radio. Yeah, and Dude, there are Riley. so many personal moments on this album, too. There's a song called This Side of Heaven. Oh, yes, um, will you talk about it? Yeah, it, that was one of my, the most special experiences I've had of, of playing a song. This is a funny story. Okay. I'll start with the funny part before, yes. you know, we get to the gut punch. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I'm oftentimes inspired by the people in my life, yeah. my relationship, my family, my friends, all of it. And I've written songs for my mom. I've written songs for my sister, my dad. I've written songs for a lot of people. Yeah. One day, my sweet little Southern Nana, fiery, she's just a fiery woman, yeah. came up to me, looks me straight in the eyeballs. She goes, well, guess you're not going to write a song for me before I die. <laughs> I was like, Nana, that is so dark. Right. But I was like, okay, challenge accepted. Right, right. Here we go. Um, and so that was like a year prior to ever writing the song. Yeah. But The Side of Heaven was the first song we wrote for the album. And I had never really explored. With Jeff? With Jeff and with Ethan Hulse. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And I had never written a song that's just songs. unbelievable. Yeah. This was a, I definitely wanted to write this song with the two of them. It's the first time I had explored grief um yeah. so this song is written from my nana's perspective that's the idea for it and uh she and my aunt sharon had this beautiful friendship yeah. obviously they're family but yeah. they were friends first and foremost they walked through hard seasons of life together they did everything together i just grew up admiring these two women who loved each other well yeah. and pushed each other to be better humans. How are they related? They are technically, technically my Nana is Aunt Sharon's aunt. Got it. Okay. But they grew up like sisters. Okay. They're close it. in age. Got it. And so when my Aunt Sharon got diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer, watching how my Nana navigated that was one of the most pivotal moments of my life. This was only mm. a few years ago, but eventually watching her grieve my Aunt Sharon. And let me just tell you something about Aunt Sharon. She was the loudest, boldest person in every yeah. room. Life of every party, we knew when Aunt Sharon was there. Yeah. Um, and so the grieving process of not only losing my Aunt Sharon, but watching my Nana lose her best friend right. was my first real experience with grief. And so this side of heaven is written from my Nana's perspective of losing a best friend. And um, it's a special moment on the record, I remember playing that song for my Nana, and it's, I, I will never forget that moment. Did she like it? She wept like yeah, a baby. I'm sure. Yeah, but she loved it. It's I mean, so beautiful. Thank you. But it's not sad. It's just real. It, it, it's messy. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have closure. At the, it's, there's no period at the end of the yeah, sentence. It's, yeah. it's messy and real. And that's what I, there are so many moments like that on the album that have been directly pulled from things I've walked through or things people I love have walked through. Yeah. And crafting an album with that at the center has been a really special experience.
Wow. Yeah. I can't believe that was first. This is the first song out of the game. But it's stacked down in the playlist. So why is it a later chapter in the book? That's a great question. I'm very picky in terms of track list yeah. sequencing. And so when I had all of the songs that we knew were going to be on the album, I sat with it and decided sequence for a long time. But ultimately... As we told this story, I wanted it to ebb and flow, as life does, with moments of joy and sorrow. And I think that starting on a joyful note and allowing the story to grow and move and change was really important to me. So having a song about grief, where it is in the track list, was very important. And then it's followed by a song that... um, A song called Angels that I think is a really beautiful continuation of picking the energy back up, finding the joy after loss. Yeah. All this stuff. Will you talk about Jesus Christ? I'm so glad you asked about that one. That's, um, man. Who'd you write that one with? I wrote that one with Ellie Holcomb and Jeff Pardo. Of course. Yeah. Okay. It it has some Ellie in it. It does. It has Ellie to it. Yeah. It was the first title I had for the whole album. I remember uh, I was putting makeup on one day and the time I took off and I, was, I, I kept thinking of the Bible verse, Jesus wept, and yeah. how, you know, it's become this cultural phenomenon of the, the shortest verse in the Bible. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. As I started reflecting on it and journaling on it, you know, what does it mean, Jesus wept? And what does that mean to me? How has that shown itself in my life and in uh-huh. my world? And so I remember calling Jeff and being like, I have this song title called Jesus Cries, and I think we should write it with Ellie. And we did. In that session, That's amazing you had such clarity after having a burnout breakdown at the beginning of the year. Then you had clarity of the song and who was even meant to write it with you. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I would say if I've learned anything from that, sometimes just stop. Uh-huh. Don't worry about running the fastest. Maybe sometimes it's about letting the race happen when it's time to run. You know? Oh, dude, you better. Somebody's Whew. stopping to take a note. <laughs> Somebody's listen, stopping to take a note. Listen. It's me. It's me. <laughs> I, uh, wow. It was, Jesus Christ was one of those special moments on the record where it was the first time that I had looked back on that season of depression and wrote a song about that period of life. And I think this is the interesting thing. One of the interesting things about Christian culture, sometimes when people are going through hard times or challenging seasons of mental health struggles or loss or burnout, whatever it is, it's really easy to want to encourage the person and say things like, okay, keep the faith, keep praying. Have you prayed about it? And listen, listen, y'all, I believe in the power of prayer with every fiber in my being. I believe in the power of faith, but I believe that Jesus is incredibly empathetic. Mm. And I don't think that he's up in heaven wagging a finger to come on keep going sometimes i think he is the one that's coming down and going i'm hurting too i yeah. it hurts me to see you hurt yeah so the song was crafted from that experience but uh during the process of writing and recording that song the tragedy right down the road here yeah. happened at the covenant school and in the middle of jesus christ mm-hmm. wow and it was one of those moments where the song became bigger than my experience. Yeah. And it became, I guess I found a new understanding of, of what it means to, when you don't have words for an unthinkable tragedy like that. Like, yeah. That's the thing. You just don't, I, I just think Jesus is devastated, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He's weeping. Mm-hmm. I see that visual in my head. And um, my hope for this song in particular is that when people hear Jesus cries, they are able to find comfort and being able to feel vulnerable and being able to cry and let it out and not feel the burden of shame in that. Yeah. And that song was such an emotional release for me. Gosh, and I'm sure. I hope it helps people. That's yeah. my whole hope for that song. Yeah. Hey, friends, just interrupted this conversation one more time to share about another amazing partner, ZocDoc. Okay, wherever you are, raise your hand if this sounds like you. You jump on every health trend that comes along on TikTok. Guilty. You take all the supplements that your coworkers, friends, sister recommends. You go on all the latest food trends that we're supposed to be eating. We see you, cottage cheese. You are having a moment. But then when you realize it's time to find an actual, like, doctor to speak into your health journey, you're kind of stuck. You don't know who to turn to or where to start. Well, thankfully, there's an easy solution. It's called ZocDoc, and it's a free app where you can find great doctors and book appointments online. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for one who takes your insurance or located near you and treat almost any condition you're searching for. The average wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 and 48 hours. That is it. You can even score same-day appointments. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately with just a few app taps. You're getting your docs in a row. Go to ZocDoc.com slash that sounds fun and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash that sounds fun. ZocDoc.com slash that sounds fun. And one more and Incredible partner to tell you about that I know y'all love because you tell me, Simple Modern. Y'all, wherever you are, is the weather getting cooler? Because here in Nashville, it is, and we are praying that this is not a fake fall. We are ready for cool temps to stay. The fall weather means it is time to bring out our best coffee and tea tumblers to keep our drinks hot, and Simple Modern has some great options, y'all. You can even rep some of your favorite NFL teams on your water tumbler. Let's go Falcons and Titans. Yes, I can love them both. And as always, they have their ever-popular 40-ounce Trek tumbler with the handle, one of the hottest tumblers in the internet. We literally just had a very passionate conversation about them at lunch the other day around our double wide team AFD and the that sounds fun network are big fans of simple modern and they showed me my next water bottle simple modern has one that looks like it's covered in confetti and I'm purchasing it don't buy them all before I get a chance I need to do it right now no matter what you're looking for they are one of the top drinkware providers to target Walmart and Amazon and they are the perfect brand for getting into your routines this fall They have everything from tumblers to lunch bags to packing cubes and totes. So go to simplemodern.com slash that sounds fun and share your email. You'll get a unique discount code for you or bundle and save for back to school. This can be your go-to brand for your family. And now back to finish up our conversation with Riley. When I was listening to Church Pew is the first song on the album and the title track. Mm-hmm. It sounds like I could hear it on country radio, too. Thanks, girl. And so is that like part of the hope? I mean, do you want to straddle between Christian and some other genres that need hope? That's the thing I think is so fascinating. In Christian music, there is this special phenomenon where Christian music is a big umbrella genre, has a lot of individual subgenres from country to rap to pop to indie, to dance, all of these things that exist under the umbrella. And I think as a writer, something that has been 
a challenging thing, but also something that I've learned to use as a tool is I'm inspired by many different sounds. And yeah. I like to write things that sound like the season I feel. Yeah. And as a born and raised Nashville kid, I would describe Church Pew as an album, not necessarily as a country record, but not not a country. It's yeah. whatever people need from it. Yeah. It's a very Nashville record. It is a very, that's a beautiful way to put it. It's a very Nashville record. Yes. Yeah. The, the songwriting culture, the music culture of my city was so important in putting this record together and creating something that felt authentic. And a lot of the songs ended, like Church Pew specifically, ended up having a lot of the soul of old school Nashville yeah. country. Yeah. With all of the different sounds you hear and the mandolin. Oh, it's I, it. I saw in my mind. I thought I want to hear her sing this at the Ryman. Oh my goodness! Well, you can uh, hear me sing it at Grand Ole Opry. Oh, are you going to do it at the Opry? September twenty third. <gasps> no way! Yeah, the day after right the album comes after out. After the album comes yeah. out, you get to sing it at yeah. the Opry. Yeah, I'm going to cry. It's you fine. are going to because um, there's pews there too. I'm going to cry. There's I'm pews. There's going to be devastated. I cannot with believe you get. Is, how many times have you played the Opry? This will be my second time. Okay. Yeah, oh, I'm so gosh. excited. Uh, but that's when we wrote that song. I think. It, that was me, Paul Duncan, and Jeff. We yeah. had the conversation of, oh, we this we got to play this at the Opry. Yes. Yeah, we got to yes. do it. Absolutely. Yeah, that song, that's the the thesis statement of the album as a whole. That's why it's track one. Yeah. Because it is that thesis statement. Yes. And, um, yeah. I'm I, writing down September 23rd. Yeah, girl, so don't miss it. Be there. <laughs> Be there. That is just unreal yeah. that you get to sing that. at the, I mean, it is. That's, that's the feel it has. It does. It's that old country... It makes you feel at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And it does. so it sets up the album to go like, oh, I'm at home here. And then you hit us with like lifting me up. And I'm like crying <laughs> in my car today. <laughs> I, uh, that song is a very special too. I mean, all of these songs have stories. That's it's the thing about this yeah, record. This, this record is going to mark your life. I I believe so. Yeah. It feels like a landmarker for me. Yes. Over the past few years, getting to write and release music and tour, I've had the opportunity to connect with a lot of families who have who have walked through the struggle of having sick children. Yeah. And over the past few years that's become something I think about a lot and something that heavily inspires my music. So when I started dreaming up the record, I knew that I wanted a track on the album that specifically worked to serve families who are going through that, to encourage them, wow. to give them hope. One that I could sing to kids at hospitals yeah. and make them feel strong, make them wow. feel lifted up. And so lifting me up came from that place of how can I encourage this group of people who might need to be reminded that God is strong when they can't be? Dude. So that's where that came from. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. I, this is the best part of getting to do these conversations of being like, now I understand why the album feels the way it does. Yeah, girl. It is scratching all these different itches that we have. I love that. So tell me, okay, talk about Miracles real quick. Of course. I love, I love the song Miracle. It was very special to write. From the beginning of the album writing process, there was so much dreaming up before we ever wrote a song. Yeah. And I knew that it was really important to me to have a love song on this yeah. album. I've run from that part of my life for so many years. You know, it's an interesting predicament in the music industry. And a lot of it I put on myself. But I think I thought the minute that I talked about love, people would label me as, oh, well, she's going to get married and run off and have wow. babies soon. And that's always the feeling I had. And that felt like the undertone of a lot of conversations that I would have with people. Mm. And so I think I, I fought that for so long and felt so much shame around 
being in love. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the biggest confirmations that I got in creating this record and creating Miracle specifically was, no, it's important to share a story of healthy love that reflects the heart of Jesus and makes you want to grow closer to Jesus. Yeah, I think that women my age, women my mother's age, little girls, I think that that exposure to that kind of love and a woman talking about that kind of love is important. Yeah. How do you balance a private life Mm -hmm. with a public love song? Oh, that's been a fun part. Yeah. You know, I have always kept my love life very private. Yeah. Very intentionally so. Yeah. Which, I mean, hallelujah, amen. Right. I think it's, I would go back and make that choice over and over again. Yeah. I think that it's like anything, little bits and pieces to, you know, it's exciting. I think people like knowing a little bit. And right now the extent of what people know is through Miracle, which has been really exciting. And it's been so wild to see people using that song for wedding photos and Miracle Babies and all of these beautiful things. But yeah, that song has become, again, so much bigger than just me and my story. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's going to be like a TikTok rager. I, at some point. That's I what I'm predicting. I have loved seeing the yeah, videos. Yeah. And that's another thing with that song in particular, with a whole album. Every almost every single sound you hear from the minute you press play to the end of the record is all played live. The, it was gosh. live bass, drums, guitar, piano, Wurlitzer, live backing vocals, live choir, and live strings. Yeah. And so you can feel that. I think it it's it emotionally has that edge to it because everything is so mm-hmm. live and present in the way that the album's mixed and the way that the album was brought to life through these incredible musicians. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. It's exciting. So what do you do now? Because now the album's coming out. You have to get back on social media pretty actively. You are. Mm-hmm. What have you done in the last 18 months to make sure as best you can we don't have near as much control as we think to make sure as best you can that your brain stays healthy when there are other artists releasing albums too and there are other women putting on makeup too and there i mean Mm -hmm. that has not changed the pool you were in before has not changed you're just correct getting back in to swim again what do you do well said. I'm not going to lie. It's been interesting. Yeah. It hasn't been a flawless, easy transition. I'm so much I'm healthier. I'm so confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even look at them. Oh, when I first started putting music back out, when I put out Loved by You, and again, yeah. that song, important to me that it was the first because it reflects that journey. And yeah. when I wrote that song, I saw the little girl in the backseat of the car singing these words over herself yeah. and singing truth over herself. Yes. And oh, even the t-shirts, the t-shirt, the fact that yeah. the back of your t-shirt says it first person. I, yeah. It's so smart. I, it's so I smart. just love it. I, you know, I really want that song to encourage people and remind people to sing truth over themselves. Yeah. But listen, I think I wrote that song for me more than anybody. Wow. Cause I needed the reminder and, you know, Putting that song out first, as I started stepping back into social media, there were still triggers. Yeah. There were still things where it's like, okay, that's your, notice how you feel. (laughs) Notice how you feel. Notice how that makes you feel. And um, this is a little insider scoop. Listen, I would recommend this to any human who breathes that is on social media. Okay. I and it's not because I don't love these people. It's not because I don't admire the people yeah. I see on the internet. I have almost everybody I follow muted. 
Brilliant. I see my family's posts. Brilliant. Just because I don't, I don't. You can't believe. unfollow them. No, I can't unfollow if them. If you unfollowed me, if we unfollowed each other, someone would be like, what Did happened? you see that? Yes. I wouldn't do there that. There are people who have got a, a lot of energy and time to that kind of stuff. 100%. And, and it's just not worth it. No. I think that before I follow somebody, I think if I follow him because we went on two dates mm-hmm. and I unfollow him, is someone going to notice? Girl, they will. They, and they will. And that's okay. They will. Because it's, I'm, I have a public life, but I think about that all the time. And so muting is helpful. Yeah. When God created us, <laughs> I don't think... I don't think as humanity, as human beings walking around here on earth, I don't think we were designed to have as much access to the highlight reel of the people around us. I don't think that that's ever been a good, healthy thing for our brains. But we are living in a culture where that is an epicenter. Yeah, We're all doing it. And I think that for me, I had to create healthier boundaries. Yeah. I have been diagnosed with OCD since I was a little kid. Yeah. And um, when I, I notice flares when I'm on social media and when I'm doing so, so I have to make better choices for my health. Yeah. That I have to. I have to do it. And so I would mute people and I would Brilliant. delete apps off my phone. I'd post and ghost. Yeah. Post and ghost. Yeah. yeah I'll post and get out of there. I love it. Yeah. Are you on TikTok as well? I am. So do you do the same thing over there? Are you that is so much harder because it's not like you only see who you follow. They build you. I mean, I was on for a month and a half and had to get off. I was like, I can't. This is taking over. I'm not sleeping. Girl, I know. I was getting the like, hey. I'd like swipe up and be like, hey, you've been scrolling for a while. Do you want to take a break? I mean, I'm so mortified. It's like, please don't bully me, TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it to yourself, TikTok. Mm-hmm. But I can't I can't do it. So I've just learned that's not an app I can do. I don't have any so I don't have enough self-control to be a it's TikToker. Hard. It's it um it's it gives you that quick hit of what is it dopamine? Yeah, I think so. And when you get that dopamine hit after watching a 10-second video that's entertaining you, it's like why stop now? Yeah, I know. It's all, it, it's, there's such a science behind it, yeah. but no. Muting everyone is so, I have almost everyone's stories turned off, but I could mute all of their posts and only see, and set, because building the favorites thing has been challenging. I'm like, yeah, they're a favorite. No, I don't, uh, I, don't no. I can't do this. I can't either. Okay. Yeah. That's really if they're smart. really, if they're really your friend and you're really theirs, mute them and give them a phone call instead. <laughs> Girl. That's my thought. I'm you like, listen, if you're not going to call me and we're not yeah. going to be friends like that, if I don't yeah. feel comfortable calling you, yeah. then maybe I shouldn't be seeing every detail of your life yeah. online. That's really smart. That's my uh, one of the sentences that came to my mind in July when I was off social media, as I said, 30 days holds a lot when I'm not holding my phone. Woo. Okay. And I was like, I got to take a lap after I that. Got so, <laughs> I got so many books read and I saw so many people and I, ch- I, the only things I missed on social media that were like big announcements, someone texted me and said, did you see? I was like, no, I didn't see. People that I love got in trouble with the internet. I didn't know. We were still eating lunch. I didn't know they were struggling because the internet was yelling at them. I mean, it, it was, it was great. You know, that's how life was intended to be. I, I firmly believe I it. Know. I do. You got to have social media boundaries. Man, I am. I am so thrilled for people to get to hear this album now. I mean, I was thrilled when I heard it. Now that we all know, like, the journey to Church Pew, mm-hmm. well done, Riley. Oh, I'm just, it is not all, I I give the credit where credit is due. The Lord has been so faithful. Yeah. And has, and I don't just say that because, you know, we wrote a good album. I, I, he has been faithful in rebuilding 
what I had let get worn down within my spirit. Mm. Yeah. He has been patient Dude. and kind and creating, not creating, and reinstilling identity that wow. intrinsically lives in me because I know him. Yeah. And because yeah. he created me. Yeah. And he brought it back to the front of yes. who you are. Yes. Well done. I'm Thanks, so sister. proud to be your friend. I'm so proud to be your friend. I mean, I was before, but this journey is just amazing. Is there anything we didn't say you want to make sure we say? I don't know. I don't think so. This okay. is great. Album out, Church Pew out, September 22nd. All stuff. I'll be on tour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And this this is my favorite thing, is you're going to go on tour and people are going to be like, we're friends. That sounds fun. You're about to have like a real crew. I can't Our people wait. show up. So just get ready. I love that. You, I mean, you got some, they are so in it yeah. you know? <laughs> know they're diehard they really mean it it's so fun oh, it's really kind so it's one of my favorite things Ooh. okay the last question we always ask riley clemens because the show is called that sounds fun tell me what sounds fun to you <gasps> right now yeah what do y'all do oh, for fun mm, what do i i listen i'm a crafter are you give me crafts i have to be entertained like i'm 12 years old yeah my brain's a busy brain i gotta be doing something what all the time things do you do um i've been making bracelets oh recently. wow oh, those are beautiful mm, thank you thank you i appreciate it um i've been making bracelets for literally everybody in my family oh my gosh um when you're on the tour bus are you just like in the front or back lounge just making bracelets crafting i'm doing that <laughs> i'm i got some watercolor stuff that i've been doing recently uh-huh. big into that also love a cross stitch moment I live for Girl, cross-stitching. I know. I know. I saw that. When you commented on my story, I was yes. like, why aren't we? We need to form a little old ladies cross-stitching club. Oh, my gosh, club. like a quilting bee, but for cross-stitching. Yeah, can we do that? Wouldn't that be great? Because yeah. then we just sit around working on what we work on, but we're together. Girl, that's why it's fun. All yeah. of these things I just named, you can carry a great conversation yes. while doing them, yes. not looking at a phone, not right. being distracted. Right. That sounds fun to me. Give me some good food, yeah, some good company, and okay, a Okay, you grew up here. What's the best place to eat? If someone's coming and they've got to Ooh. eat here, where, where are they eating? Did that you grow up in so- Brentwood? I grew up in Brentwood, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are so many good places to eat, and it's changed a lot. I would say right now one of my favorites is uh, it's a Lebanese restaurant on 12 South called A Piece. Girl, we had book club there on Sunday. I love that place so much. It's so good. It's so good. The hummus with the meat in it. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's all I need. It's, it's all I need. so Yeah, but so y'all got to make a reservation because that place has got eight seats. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so, so little. Go to a piece. Yeah, good mm-hmm. answer. Okay, a piece. Thanks, y'all. I could do a whole list. Big, Woo. big ups to a piece today. All right, I love you, Riley. Thanks for doing this. Love you back. This has been Grateful. so fun. Hey, that sounds fun. We hey, should do it again sometime. Oh, yeah, come on back. Oh, y'all, isn't she the best? Do you love her or what? Do you love her or what? I know. I know. I think she's awesome. Please go listen to Church View. I think you're going to really enjoy that album. Follow Riley on social media. Thank her for being on the show. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And don't forget, you can find the That Sounds Fun podcast on Instagram with lots more fun content at That Sounds Fun podcast. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me, hand to heaven, no kidding. I'm going to go right now and order that simple modern tumbler with the confetti on it because I'm scared y'all are going to buy me out and beat me to it. Instead, we get to be twinsies. So that sounds fun to me. Y'all have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Y'all know we love a bonus Friday episode with Carolyn 
Weber, one of my all-time favorite authors. We're going to talk all about the brand new movie. You've seen me, heard me talking about it. Surprised by Oxford. Y'all, it's based on Carolyn's memoir. It is such a good book. The movie comes out next Wednesday, September 27th. We're going to talk about it tomorrow. If you love all things memoir, C.S. Lewis, love story, faith story, tomorrow's conversation is for you. We'll see y'all on Friday.